the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. KDOW. Streaming now on iHeart.com and the Odyssey app. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financially. S&P 500 and NASDAQ have set fresh time, all-time highs. Huh, why does Rob feel not great about what he's seen then? The market's open, they move to all-time highs. I like that. In earnings season, it just doesn't feel convincing. Too many companies are reporting blowout numbers and not responding on the bottom line, uh, not responding on the stock price, which tells you it's kind of been built in. But more on that as the show plays out. We see the NASDAQ open higher, but it's working lower. I say the NASDAQ because you have Facebook and Apple reporting last night blowout numbers. More on that soon. The Dow Jones Industrial Average opened a little bit higher. Now it's a little bit off. Same thing with the S&P 500. So it's not convincing to me on the surface. The first quarter GDP number increased at a 6.4% annualized rate. That's like happy days. Oh, here again. The sky is blue. Like that is a good number that makes you feel joyous about the sweet old America like that we grew up in. And like, yeah. New York Mayor Bill de Blasio said in July 1 is the goal to fully reopen New York City. Wall Street's holding on to this one. We like that because we know a lot of business gets done. Weekly initial jobless claims came in at a nice low number. We're moving towards that 400,000 where we want to be. Not quite there yet, but moving towards it, 553,000. If we get that number to 400,000, that's one of those, I can take my pencil and turn it upside down and erase potential negatives. That's one that I watch. I'm, I'll be honest. I watch the 10-year treasury. I watch the first-time unemployment claims because job numbers are important to our economy. And because we have jobs, we spend money. And our economy is important to figure out how Wall Street works. I know I must come across as really liking money. I really don't. Um, 
just what I've kind of grown into. Um, trying to see if Facebook's up 6% today, up 17 bucks. Apple, um, they report this massive buyback, $90 billion. And I'm like, how's their stock going to do today? Um, it's not that impressive. So a lot of people, Apple's kind of funky because when they report their numbers, if you see hardware sales, people go, oh, hardware doesn't have the margins that software does. But hardware leads to more software down the road in the simplest way of thinking of it, the installed base of over a, a billion users. So Apple's up 22 cents today. Not very much. Crushes expectations. They did slip in a small warning about chip shortages. But if there's one thing I can tell you about Tim Apple, which is Trump's name for Tim Cook, which I, I prefer Tim Apple. I, if I were Tim Apple or Tim Cook, I would totally live by that name. Uh, he's a supply chain genius. Steve Jobs had a choice between picking Tim Cook as his replacement or Jonathan Ives. And the industrial designer who comes up with these really cool looking futuristic gadgets. And he's like, eh, let's go to the supply side chain guy. The more boring of the two? Yes. But the one you would want in charge of a big old production. They say that the United States Army, World War II, and the Navy, and the Marines, and how they all worked together was one of the biggest supply chain dramas of our lifetime. Creating cell phones now on an international scale during a pandemic, it, it's, it's challenging, they say, to the tune of over World War II. And that's one of the reasons you like Apple, because they can do it. You do it! I don't understand these headlines, but I have to throw them out there for you. Verizon may sell its media assets, including Yahoo and AOL, and I think we're all like, do they own Yahoo? And we're like, we don't even, does anyone care? I use Verizon cell phone service, and I love it, love it, love it, love it. But the whole NCAA brackets, and the, it doesn't feel like Yahoo's, yeah, go ahead and get rid of it. Yeah, go ahead. Verizon also had Tumblr that they got from Yahoo and Marissa Myers, one of the worst acquisitions of all time. I was so pulling for her as CEO. A, it's cool to see women succeed. And B, she had this background from Google that was stunning. And she just couldn't pull it off, and she did stupid stuff like buying Tumblr. She tried. She tried to reinvigorate it, but she couldn't. So that's a big old write-down for Verizon. Will they or won't they sell off those assets? Robinhood CEO Vlad Tenev says he's working to make it easier to withdraw cryptocurrencies. That's the biggest thing standing in Dogecoin's way. And also, there's some issues on some mutual funds that are looking into it. South Korea said, you know, we're shutting down all cryptocurrency um, brokerages. There's there's some real concerns about how will you get your money and what happens if governments step in and start regulating. Um, that's not as important of a story to me as seeing someone like uh, Venmo say that they'll take currency. Or, you know, I saw PlayStation, not PlayStation, um, Nintendo's Switch. You can now do purchase games with cryptocurrencies. And that is more important to me than any other story on crypto. Because if you're really spending money on things like video games, 
we can make a justification for calling it a currency. But if you're using it to do drug transactions, governments are going to get involved. But if you're doing it to do video game purchases, it's more legit. McDonald's has given away McFlurries to everyone who thought the spoon was a straw. Stupid headline, right? But when you dig a little bit deeper, it's all about if you want a free McFlurry, and who doesn't want free food, right? I don't, I don't think I could live off free food. I do know a friend that did something fascinating. Um, he worked in downtown San Francisco at a time where it was great to work at downtown San Francisco. And he went way out of his way um, to do the Groupons. There was a point in time where Groupons were, like, not free food. But I, I can tell you, this kid never paid more than full. He never paid full price for lunch. He always paid 50% off. He was digging that. But um, back to McDonald's. This is all about getting you to use the app. Download the McDonald's app and then scan the offer code at checkout. No purchase necessary. You can walk away with a free McFlurry. Now, McFlurry isn't the biggest thing in the world, but let's say it's a hot day, and across America it's going to be a hot day. Some people are going to be like, ooh, let's do it free. You know, Teach the kids loaded up on the app. You get the idea. McDonald's wants to be Starbucks in this area. This headline is, is very alarming, but it's also very misleading. The housing market is the hottest it's been since right before the 2008 crash. There's a lot of comparisons, except for hopefully the bankers and the regulators learned from the 2008 crash. So it's tough to say this exact scenario because inventory is so lean and home builders are a little bit smarter than they were back then. Lenders are definitely smarter on who they're lending money to. But my big concern is when we reopen and renters who have not been paying rent and owners who have not been paying their mortgage, that there's going to be an influx of foreclosures. That's the only negative I can find in the housing market that's, that's like setting it up for failure. Higher interest rates for sure. So I, maybe I found two. But rates seem to be controlled at this point in time. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Portions of our programming are brought to you by our good friends at Provident Credit Union. With 21 Bay Area locations to serve you and your banking needs, visit ProvidenceCU.org. Now back to Rob Black and your money with your host, Rob Black, on the Bay Area's business leader, AM 1220 KDOW. This is the type of musician that I kind of know, but I'm not quite sure if it's Bastille, but it could be. And I'm like, eh. I'm not going to be able to stay on top of music forever. Turn it over to the kitties. Speaking of the kitties, one of the best things I ever did was start a 401k. Start an automatic savings plan for saving money that was taken out of my bank account. And another one of the best things I ever did was buy a home. So I can continue to list these things, like get a college degree, um, have a good work ethic. I never said no to any project involving financial media. But one of them is buy a home. It's a wonderful way to grow money very, very slowly in your life. If you're looking to make big money at it, you're probably thinking the wrong way. 
it, I like building the wealth intelligently. So it's like the house of cards. Remember that game you'd play as a child? And you'd, everyone have was like the four people in your family are sitting around a table and you'd start building cards and you have to layer them on top and then start building on top of it. And eventually it falls down. Think of it as the modern day, uh, old fashioned Jenga before you had Jenga. I know what you're saying, but I don't remember life before Jenga. But real estate's a nice way to grow wealth. And millennials, for better or for worse, they're out there. And I love them because they are the ones spending money. Um, they took it over from my generation. And a lot like Miley Cyrus, I dig Miley Cyrus because she is, she looks millennial. She looks, she plays the part of a millennial. You kind of think avocado toast when you look at her. But the pandemic, we've seen underbuilding of homes. We've seen lumber scarcity. We've created a historic housing shortage. There's tightening inventory pushing home ownership away in millennials prime home buying years. I'm kind of glad that I got to buy my first home in my early 20s because I kind of learned a lot about it, about maintenance, about the cost of closing it, buying it and selling it, getting through that process of a mortgage. And it is a process. At different times in our lives, it's easier than others. Just throwing that out there for you. The ways you qualify are, are a little more difficult. So all of what's happening right now is bad news for potential home buyers. It's just this latest in the string of bad luck for financial, for the media, uh, millennials through the financial crises. They've economically recovered from one crisis. They're looking to buy a home now. And now we're faced with a housing shortage. They've already been boxed out of the market in my mind on many levels. I know some Generation Xers who are boxed out of the market. There's just not enough homes to sell right now since the Great Recession. Ultimately, contractors haven't been building homes enough or fast enough. You get a lumber shortage not helping out the flow of new build. Home prices have been going up for years, but at a steeper rate than they did ahead of the Great Recession. So the home prices are up 18% year over year. That's pretty good. Not as good as the NASDAQ, but still pretty good. If you're looking for bottom line returns, but again, you have to sell it at some point. It's not real until it's sold. Cash sales have increased from 18% to 23% of all buyers in the last year. I'm now at the age and uh, where I'll probably buy my next home in cash. And to a seller who wants to get out of Dodge, they're going to look at your offer of 30 years, cute young family, and they look at me in cash and they go, I'll take your cash. You mean we can close this puppy in a day? Yep. Write your check right now. Owning a home is a traditional way of building wealth. It, it's, let me put it, let me use a different word. Owning a home is a traditional way of building equity. Equity is a way of building wealth. But the increasing cost of such an investment is limiting opportunity. It's one word that I wish more people understood. Opportunity cost. Um, New construction is very expensive right now. Cash buyers, it's just not adding up for millennials. By 2018, millennials buying their first home were paying 39% more than boomers did at the same age nearly 40 years ago. 
So the increasing cost of a down payment make it even more difficult millennials. Um, the millennial home ownership rate climbed to 47.9% from 40% just three years ago. There's a lot of data out there. A lot of crunching to do. Speaking of crunching, if you crunch some of the numbers on Biden's $1.8 trillion spending package, I know you're saying, have we got the infrastructure one through yet? And you're like, well, not quite. Are we talking about a child care and education now? Are we going on to more spending even before we got the last, books closed on the last one? Kind of. Does that seem to be getting ahead of itself a little bit? A little bit. So President Joe Biden's aiming to unleash a flood of new federal spending to cut into inequality and realign the role of the federal government to better assist families. That's an interesting statement right there. There. The federal government, what do you think they should do? Assist families? Protect our borders? Try to keep inflation under control and employment high? What do you think the mandate should be of our government? Maybe that's why we have so much opposition to everything in the world right now, right? White House has about a trillion dollars in new spending and $800 billion set aside for tax credits. It's likely to undergo some changes as Congress takes it up and writes legislation in the coming months, but it's out there. And right now, I don't want to use the word populist because I'm not quite sure that's correct, but Biden is appealing to a lot of people in America because there are a lot of people in America who are not wealthy. And a lot of the spending is helping those people directly. Eh, will there be inefficiencies? Yes. Um, do I like the idea of more childhood education being provided by the government? I'm not 100% sure. Federal government, state government, for sure. Do I like the idea of it? Yes. Do I wish more Americans could afford it? And maybe you know, tax credits are the way to go about it. Yeah, maybe. So do I want a federal plan or do I want a federal tax cut or a, a, a tax rebate on it? I don't know. All I can tell you is that do I want kids in school at an earlier age? Yes. Um, the tax credit per child in the United States. Um, how much is too much for a kid? Kids between six and seven, under six or families get less money or more money than kids over six. It's, that's where it starts getting into, I can assure you, people get upset. Like, what do you mean a family on welfare gets more money for having a six kid than a, instead of just four or three or two or one? Like, we're subsidizing more babies? What? It, like, people get very confused when it comes to politics and political terms. What do you think our government should be providing? I love that. Amazon's going to pay employees up to $3 more an hour for 500,000 employees. That's pretty impressive. That's a big amount of economic stimulus. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Don't be shy. Pick up the phone. Give me a call. 800-516-1220. Portions of our programming are brought to you by our good friends at Provident Credit Union with 21 Bay Area locations to serve you and your banking needs. Now, back to Rob Black and your money with your host, Rob Black, on the Bay Area's business leader, AM 1220 KDOW. 
with me on this one. Are you an antique shopper or are you a thrift shopper? I'd buy that for a dollar. Do you remember when you were 20 years old and you were trying to impress members of the opposite sex? You're like, this weekend, let's go for a drive out in the country and go antiquing. So you go out in the country and you find a cute little store and you'd stop and you'd get some lunch and you'd walk through the antique store and you're like, look at this. This little marble, this little, this little Dutch boy who's got a super red face. It's so cute. It would look good. Like if we ever had a house together. Oh, you just said we have a house. So you go antiquing and try to impress the other. Do you see that I have no game? <laughs> that I'm awful at this? So are you an antiquer or a thrift shopper? I'm gonna pop some tags. Only got twenty dollars in my pocket. I'm a Martin. To a for come up. This is freaking awesome. <laughs> like Macklemore and Ryan, right? I'm more of a thrift shopper myself. I kind of like the vintage stuff that people have given up on. Um, every now and then I'll go to a thrift shop, and I've got the coolest 1950s Christmas decorations. Like, I like my decorations from the 50s when America was Americana or something like that. And I think it's important that you find someone that's kind of similar to you. Are you a spender or a saver? One of the listeners of the show, her name's Deb. And um, she'd write me emails. I kind of fell in love with a girl via email because her name was uh, Deb Little Saver. <laughs> her email was like Deb Little Saver at Gmail or something like that. And I was like, okay, so... She likes to save. Are you a shopper? Are you a spender or saver? Are you a thrift store or antiquer? Because I'll tell you the thing on antiques. Um, I ain't paying $60 for an antique chair that, ooh, it's 200 years old. Um, give me something comfortable. But again, that's me. That's me. But that's my money persona, which I think is kind of for real. Spending versus saving, thrift shop versus buying brand new stuff that's plastic. Give me an example. Have you picked up like Battleship? Have you ever picked up anything like Candyland recently? Games that you played as a kid and you're like, I don't remember it being this cheap, this small, this plasticky. And everything just, yeah. I like the Americana stuff. I like the, the vintage stuff. Not necessarily the antique, overpriced baubles. Pending home sales rose less than expected in March as prices soared. Is that the first sign that we're getting tired in real estate? Maybe. Jeff Bezos, Blue Origins, can begin selling tickets for space tours and rocket rides. That's going to go great until someone dies. At some point in time when you put jet fuel underneath people's butts, you light the jet fuel on fire and send them into space, at some point in time this is not going to go well for the tourists. Just worthy of note, not publicly traded yet, but getting there. Jeff Bezos, Space Venture Blue Origin is going to begin selling tickets for rides and space tourism. It's calling New Shepard. Jeff Bezos sent out a message today, and this is just awful. Guys, how exciting is this? Come on! It's time to sign up for Learn How You Can Buy the Very First Seat on the New Shepard. So he releases a YouTube video, and he starts the video by calling us guys. Um, I'm just not that – you don't have to send me this face on, on rocket fuel, because I will be the guy who dies. You ever see the Mad Max movies where the world's gone to hell, 
it's an apocalypse and the bad guys are on one side and the good guys are on the other. And the good guys out of nowhere, they're run by a mayor and the mayor's like, we got to work with these bad guys. Like he's like the kind of guy that's giving up the good guys. And like an arrow comes out of nowhere and takes out the mayor poof, right through the eye or something like that. I'm that guy. I'm the Caucasian strapped to the front of the car that the bad guys are about to blow up. I'm him. I'm not going into space. <laughs> no time soon. But New Shepard is designed to carry six people on a ride. Um, past the edge of space with the capsules on previous test flights are reaching altitudes about 340,000 feet, which is about 339,399 feet higher than I want to go. Capsule spins as much as 10 minutes in zero gravity before returning to Earth. Tickets to spend 10 minutes in space. What do you think you're going for? No, you don't get to meet a princess. No, there's not a big cyborg thing that's going around seeing his father. It would be fun to hang out with Chewbacca. I agree with that. Tickets to get 10 minutes in space in zero gravity. $250,000 each. Now that's trying to impress a lady. Hey, what are we doing on our first date? Um, I'm going to take you to the moon. Oh, honey. <laughs> and then like, you see the rocket pad, launch pad. Yep. No! So New York City is going to be reopening up to 100% on July 1. You saw earlier this week... Um, the European Union say Americans are welcome as long as you're vaccinated this summer. Starting to open back up. Um, don't be the guy who's the. I don't want to use this phrase. I'm so sensitive about getting fired right now. I was going to say Doubting Thomas, you know, the religious re- reference. The guy who didn't believe Jesus really was all that special. So he was called the Doubting Thomas, and Jesus had to say, Ah, I don't have to prove to you with miracles. You have to believe in me or something like that. I get my biblical stories mixed up. But I think that was the premise of the Doubting Thomas. Um, okay. I'm just going to move forward. Pretend none of that just happened. Merck earnings fell short of expectations. Um, Merck is a big old dividend play. And if you're looking for income in your portfolio, it makes a lot of sense. On a name like a Merck, of course you're going to have to do a lot of research to see if you want Lily or Amgen or somebody else. But these companies are boring, but they serve the medical world wisely. Sales of blockbuster cancer drug Keytruda were up 16% compared to the same quarter last year. Sales of another cancer drug called Linparaza up 51%. That's what I don't like about the drug companies doing drug commercials. I think I've seen a commercial for Keytruda but I think I thought it was about erectile dysfunction, or I think I thought it was about diabetes or incontinence. Like, all the names of these drugs sound the same to me. Strong sales in their HPV vaccine, Gardasil. Um, No, no, big drop in Gardasil, excuse me. Steepest drop. I'm reading these numbers on the fly. Um, A lot of people weren't going for shots last year. A lot of people have reduced access to healthcare providers. Um, buying patterns in the United States on Gardasil were hurt. In the U.S. and Europe in particular. 
Gardasil is one of those conversations you have to have with your spouse if you have kids where you can give your 12-year-old a shot and they won't get herpes or a type of herpes, HPV. Um, and you go, well, that's kind of weird to think about my kids having sex. Well, you got to get the shot before they have it and you have to get it for some reason at age 12. You're like, well, are you ready to pull the trigger on that one? I think the opposite of that one is circumcision when a kid's born now. Um, where you have to make that decision really fast. <laughs> and the guard is still like, ah, oh, that's the next big decision you have and your child's, do you do it or not do it kind of thing. Uh, I've, I've gone off the rails, ladies and gentlemen. So Biden has a $1.8 trillion new package of spending. It aims to flood federal money into sectors of the economy that makes lives easier for families. Um, what's the role of politics in investing? It's big. I hate that I have to go down that road more often than I want to. Comcast is higher today on better than expected numbers. Um, they did really well with their Peacock network, which is, I think they're kind of last to the, the party. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. The GDP saw a growth of 6.4% in the first quarter gain. So we're looking at GDP, and for the record, GDP gets revised a couple of times as economic statistics roll in and get finalized. 6.4% is too hot, but we need too hot coming off of a pandemic. Down the road, this is the, the number that is the cheat sheet number. You want GDP somewhere between 2% and 4%. It's very Goldilocksian at 3%. You don't get too much inflation as you would at 4%, 5%, 6%. Do you know how the Wall Street's really considered uh, focused on inflation right now in the Federal Reserve and higher interest rates? That would be considered negative to see higher rates March higher, it would be telling you that inflation is expected. Inflation tends to sap purchasing power, either from the manufacturer or from you, the consumer. But a 6.4% number is too hot, but coming out of a recession, you kind of need it to really spark things up. 2 to 4%. 4% is too fast growing. 2% is too slow. 2% and you're, you're, you're really close to the couple jobless numbers coming out and you're, you're still looking at a recession of negative GDP growth for two quarters in a row. So you kind of want that Goldilocksian 3%. So 6.4%. This is a, an economy flush with money. You may not be seeing it. You may still be in lockdown in your, in your lifestyle. But there's a lot of money being spent. A lot of checks being written right now. Speaking of which, I had one delivered to my house yesterday. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Here we are, no one else. We walk to school all by ourselves. There's dirt on our uniforms from chasing all the ants and worms. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW.
Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the shoe. Apple and Facebook beat on both top and bottom line estimates last night. Apple guided next quarter up strong double digits. I own shares of both of those companies. Both of those companies um, I'm holding for the long term as they are the – I don't want to use the word gorillas. In their ecosystem, they're the gorillas. Um, maybe that's too simple. President Biden officially outlined his American family's plan to Congress and the American people last night. New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio is setting July 1 as the goal to fully reopen New York City. And again, I got goosebumps when I saw this quote. We are ready for stores to open, for businesses to open, offices, theaters, full strength. Um, That's my Bill de Blasio impression. That's a big one. That's a big one because New York is capital, of the financial capital of the world, in my opinion. Weekly initial jobless claims came in better than expected. We're trending in the right direction. We're moving towards four hundred thousand. We're still in the five hundred and fifty thousand area, but we're moving down. It's. Think of the the swell in your leg is getting down and your your knees looking healthy again. You may be able to start running on the jobless side of the fence. So let's talk about Facebook for just a second. They reported blockbuster earnings that beat Wall Street expectations on a forty eight percent jump in revenue. Oh man, that's a big one. They pulled in twenty six point one billion dollars last year. I'm gonna need your help on this one if you will, with Facebook. you got to give me a second. I'll get there, I promise. Income grew 94%. Holy mackerel. Can you imagine if you go off to lunch today? Your honey's like, go have lunch today. Fill your belly with love and, and food. You come back home, and you're like, honey, my income's up 94%. Wow, 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 wow. You're... That's a big number, and I look at corporations as human beings. They're taxes. They pay taxes. They're living according to the IRS. I wish I could invest in myself if I was going to be up 94%. I probably would have better clothes. That's a cost of doing business, right? So that's a negative. But you get the idea. Facebook credit its revenue jump to the average price per ad. They're raising the price for the ad, which shot up 30% year over year. Number of ad impressions rose 12%. Monthly active users reached 2.85 billion, up 10% from last year. Total users of its family of apps, Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, WhatsApp, 3.45 billion. Now, here's the thing I need a little help on. Facebook Shops is active. And you can get on Facebook and you can like maybe buy a snowboard. Um, they've got one million shops out there. Think of Amazon and how many things they, you know, people, how many platforms sign on to sell you lawn products. Same thing. eBay's got shops. Facebook has shops. 
more than 250 million people visit Facebook shops. But here's the big question for you. Do you know anyone who's ever bought one thing on either Facebook shops or Facebook marketplace? No. No, I don't either. And yet it's, it's part of their future. Interesting. Apple is in the midst of a super cycle for everything it sells. Um, we know Apple reported 54, 54% revenue growth and a mind-melting $90 billion share buyback. That's amazing. We know the phone is in a super cycle from moving from 4G to 5G. But Mac revenue is up 70% year over year. That's super numbers. iPad revenue up 78% year over year. And some would say Apple hasn't been taking the Mac very seriously in the past, that they've been focused on their phones a little bit more. They're trying to merge the two operating systems now into to something that's more congruent when you jump from device to device. Apple TV ex- Plus is experiencing a milestone. Company grew double dead digits in every geographic segment. Apple has twice the number of paid subscribers as it had two years ago. The iPad's doing really, really well because people are working from home. That's an odd one. Or is it people are working at school from home? You decide. Mac computers had their best three quarters ever. That's interesting to note because I remember doing the show 25 years ago and Apple had 1-2% to of the market share in PC and uh, computers. And I was like, if they can grow that to 6%, that's a lot better than Dell going from 52% to 56%. That 3% move from 2% to 5% is more than doubling. And to this day, Mac doesn't have big, deep penetration into PCs. Is it better than it was 20, 25 years ago? Yeah. But now that uh, we've bought Macs for the first time for a lot of people, will they buy a second Mac? A third Mac to replace their second Mac? A third Mac to replace the second Mac because you did your data backup online and it's easier to download it into a Mac than it is into a, a Microsoft operating system. It becomes a lot stickier, doesn't it? Um, I don't know about you, but my spouse has way, way too many photos on her computer that are way, way too unorganized. Do you remember like when we used to get film? What is it called? Let me get the Photoshop. Drag it in my last segment. We'd have it developed, and we'd put the pictures in like a shoebox. And then when you turn 60 or 70, you start basically putting together scrapbooks for your kids. But they've been in shoeboxes for years. Same thing with uh, photos on computers, and that's why backing up a big business. Anyway, Apple's buying back $90 billion of their own shares. That's mind-melting. I'm Rob Black. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.